All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Rodcast. I'm here with Pastor Rod and we are celebrating because just a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated our 20th anniversary, the birth of Lifehouse. And uh, so we're going to talk about it today. Big topic. So Pastor Rod, how do you feel right now? 20 years, what a milestone. Uh, We feel great. Rich, we really feel great. It's been, you know, long. when you look at 20 years, you've got some ups and you've got some downs, but you remember so many more of the ups, uh, the touch of God, the incredible people on the journey, people like yourself and Janice. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really been good. We started so little and tough and it's just got nicer and better through the years. So we're, we're celebrating, genuinely celebrating the goodness of God. Is this the longest that you've ever been kind of building in one place? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, throughout your so ministry? Arrived, yeah, so I was 42 when we arrived here. I'm now 62. Um, and uh, that's the longest single uh, serving place in our lives. We, we, we've been seven years here and whatever, but and there, sorry, seven years there. and um, But yeah, so this would be our majority life work for, for the Lord, for, mm. for sure. Uh, the way we see it, um, everything we did was valuable and every person we met was valuable. I don't mean people are stepping stones, but I think mm-hmm. this is what God prepared us, uniquely prepared us to do. Sure. Um, to to come to Japan and, and start Lifehouse. And yeah, we look at it that way and um, we've got a lot of good years left as well, I think. Can, can I ask, uh, can we get into like the original vision a little bit? We've heard mm. this story many times if, if anyone has been... Uh, part of Lifehouse for any number of years, you would have heard this story. Um, if you haven't, I'm sure we can get into that a little bit. But I'd like to hear kind of the the, the context a bit of mm. Pasaviv receiving that vision of the wave yeah. um, and what you guys were feeling at the time. Like Because it's, re- it's fascinating from uh, just the perspective of calling, um, hearing yeah. vision from God. Um, yeah, so t- t- tell us like mm. kind of where you guys were at at that time when Pastor Viv received that vision? And and was it like something, was it like open eyes kind of vision? Was it, mm. how did that look? It happened in uh, 2001, so just over 20 years ago. And mm. uh, we were pastoring in a beautiful city called Toowoomba. Uh, anyone who's been there knows it's a beautiful city. Our church was booming. It was great. We were enjoying life. And we were at a um, a leadership retreat, I think it was. And, and Viv had a, in, in a prayer time, had this vision and I've asked her that is it was it open-eyed and closed eyes and she can't fully remember that part it was just overwhelming whatever happened Mm. it was an overwhelming experience it was an experiential vision where she just saw this big wave coming at her um and and she knew it was God because it was beautiful even though it was she said it was scary but it was beautiful and she said to God what is it she just what is it and God said it's me and it's coming soon and as and, and then God said, "Don't be afraid." And the wave in the in the vision, she she was hit by the wave. She actually experienced a hit by a beautiful wave of God. But it was a a hit. It was a an experience, and the experience affected her in 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 a, in a good way, a godly way, but a, a surprising way. It was a surprise. We weren't really thinking of, um, you know, moving at that time. Um, and uh, she said it was a tsunami. A tsunami means a big ocean wave. We all know that word. And um, I said, that's a Japanese word. And she said, yeah, I know. And 
but we didn't think that was that important. We just, it's a Japanese word, right. yeah. Yeah. But then a friend said to us, why don't you, why don't you guys go and have a look at Japan? Um, I think, you know, you love the young people and maybe you could do something in Japan. So we, that, so we went for a seems, holiday. Is, that seems kind of random. I mean, right? do you, yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Right. It was one of our leaders of ACC, Australian Christian Churches, and um, mm-hmm. someone involved in missions. And it was we were doing stuff in other countries. And uh, oh, that's an interesting concept. So we thought, you know, tsunami. You've been there Japan. once before, right? Japan. I went to Japan when I was just saved at 20. And I spent three months here and uh, uh, had a great time uh, on a mission and um, taught English and led people to the Lord way back then. And... But I never thought I would Tokyo? live in Japan. Yeah, uh, Tokyo was one, and Osaka, and uh, uh, Fukuoka, and uh, somewhere else. Anyway, um, four places. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. But I didn't think I'd live here again. I just loved it. And But I will say this. I have been praying for Japan for 40 years. Like, 40 years? Yeah, no. No, not 40 years. I've, <laughs> I'm not that old. For, for about 20 years. Um I'm getting my timing wrong. No, no, you were 20. So I was if you're 20, 62 came now. Here at 42. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, 40. yeah. Yeah. At the time we arrived, I'd been praying for it for 20 years. Now it's 40 years. Right. Correct. Um, and so to come back to Japan was was very familiar. And Viv had never been here, but she's, she's lived in other big Asian cities. And um, mm. she never had culture shock. She just loved it. And the people here are so beautiful. Um, so polite and respectful and lovely and have you ever had culture shock well that's i can't a bit imagine of a sidetrack. um no i have got to i've got to put it in there's some things you miss but that's not right. culture yeah, shock i think that's different yeah yeah to be to be actually shocked and want to leave no i've never experienced that i don't think in any country and i just love cultures and experiences and um, I think culture shock is where you have too many things outside your comfort zone at once, all, all hammering you. So I think mm-hmm. we've all had bits and pieces hammering us, but not as a, a, a deluge, not as a, a flood mm-hmm. coming on you. So no, I don't think we've ever had culture shock like that. Um, so we came here, loved it, um, but that wasn't the call. We had to go back to Australia and yeah. think about, well, we've got, a, we've got a church and we've got two kids and we haven't got money. And um, we haven't got a team, so it was a big, it was a big challenge. And uh, but we just felt uh, both of us kept saying tsunami is a Japanese word, tsunami is a Japanese word, and it just got into our hearts. And we looked at each other one day, and we knew we're going to Japan. We just knew it. Just was that that funny thing where, in unity, husband and wife look at each other and say, "This is the decision. This is what we got to do." And from there, we just had to make it happen forged the way forward which was crazy hard but we had that word of the wave and god is going to move and let me just clarify the wave is a wave of god's love and grace into japan that that was the the final um interpretation of the dream um there's this tsunami of god's love not a natural tsunami that hurts people a spiritual tsunami big wave all over japan grace love jesus so that was the word that we came to Japan with uh, 20 years ago. Can I ask about, like, if you remember, maybe you don't remember, like the timeframes from when she received that 
to the point where you visited to then knowing that like how long are we talking is it, is it months is it days or or is it years it would have been less than a year but almost a year maybe nine mm. ten months it's a very short time and mm. um a lot had to happen in that time and and that did come together although some of it only came together in the last few days including financial which was a huge test um getting the team together that took us all those months um mm. from different churches around australia young australians who would give one year um mainly from churches where we know the pastor and they trusted us uh young australians can get working holiday visas can come to japan for a year uh, a gap year um that side was easy but then um people had to want to do that um that was about i guess 10 months from the time of the vision to actually arriving in japan it might have been nearly a year anyway it was less than a year okay yeah Yeah, Mm. i mean it takes time to plan these things yeah um Okay, so can I ask a, a, bit, a little bit more about your situation back home? Like at that time, like because you were leaving a wonderful situation, yeah. like a great church. Mm. So, what's it like to to be called by God in when you're in that kind of situation where where things are, are awesome? Well, it's pretty confusing. I, I mean, Viv, the, right. the word that Viv got out of the wave was "Don't be afraid, it's me," and I think that really had to help us that if it's God, it's going to be okay. Um, but one of the great news is there was, there was a pastor um, associated with our church. They weren't under me at that time, um, just up up the road in a town called uh, Crow's Nest, um, Chris and Sue Mulhair. Um, and we just felt that they're our successors. And if they take it, this will be a big part of the, the process in that the church will accept them straight away, love them. Uh, they've been preaching. We've been involved. So we drove out there. And I rang him and said, I've got something to talk to you about, Chris. And he said later, got off the phone. Now, he had no idea of, of our thoughts for Japan. He got off the phone to his wife and said, off the phone to me and said to his wife, I think Rod's going to offer me the church in Toowoomba and I think I'm going to take it. And she said, I think we will or something like that. It was like, it was just all set up. It was a real wow. setup by God. And uh, we we had a great time and, yeah, they within a short time they took over that church uh, in Toowoomba. Uh, we we departed and uh, moved to Sydney for a short while to get the team together to try and do communications together. Uh, but we we left the church in joy, and um, they have done amazing. They have that couple have just done amazing. They've built new buildings, um, amazing. Really, it, it was just God. In fact. Chris and Sue are more suited for that area than us. They're more country people, even though Toowoomba is a city, a big city, and it's getting bigger. Um, but they're able to relate to all sorts of people in the district, and he's become a great Christian leader in the whole district there in what's called Southwest Queensland. And uh, so that was good. I mean, you know, mm. God called us on, and he's this amazing couple ready, and the church didn't miss a beat. It just, you know, yep. And... Um, so that was part of the journey mm. that was God as well. Yeah. And so what was it like moving to Japan and and what was what was wonderful and what was it what was some uh, of the challenges? Well, you know, we have two little boys, so a big part of it was education. Um, and there's a, a Christian school here called CAJ, Christian Academy in Japan, which is a great school. And as missionaries, um, although I don't really like that word that much, I'm a pastor. Um, 
they allow us to have half price. Um, but it was still a lot of money for two little boys. And um, I have a friend in, in California who heard we were going to Japan, um, Bayless Connolly, a great, just a great man of God, a great church there in Los Angeles, just contacted me out of the blue, said, hey, Rod, I, I went, we're not going to take an offering for you, but I'm happy to go to the church and say uh, the couple we know in moving to Japan, would anyone like to help them? And he went, he did that, and one couple came to him and, who were from Americans from Japanese background, what, what we call Nikkei, which means just, you know, people who have moved to America from Japan sometime, heard him say that, went up to him and said, we would like to do something. He put them in touch with us. They said, what do you need? And we said, we need help for our kids' schooling. And they said, how much? And we told them. And they said, straight away, we'll give you two years' worth. We'll, we'll pay for two years of your kids' schooling. <laughs> Boom, like that. It was, and, and honestly, that's the way it was at the beginning with our miracles financially. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I, could, I could just tell you story after story. It, it really, our plan should not have worked. We, we were ridiculous in our naivety in coming to Japan, except for one thing, and that is that God called us and said, don't be afraid. And a lot of things come at the last moment, but they come. Uh, we had a, in the first couple of weeks in Japan, I think it was a, very soon after we arrived, we got a, a phone call on my phone. My, I didn't know the number. I talked to them, a Japanese family. I, I gave it to my friend. What, what are they saying? They said, oh, you don't know them but their, their old mother is moving to a nursing home and we heard you are looking for furniture. Would you like my mum's stuff? Come and take whatever you want. And so we, we went there thinking a bit like Australians, you know, old, old mum old stuff's probably going to be old couches and, 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 and old pillows and things. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that and we would have taken it. But when we arrived there, the whole house was full of new furniture and new sheets and new pots and pans that have never been used. It was un believable and the family who were there said to us as we came in you can take anything anything is yours the whole lot and so we got a brand new fridge well it would look brand new we still got it 20 years later Viv said to me the other day we still got that fridge and it's never broken down wow <laughs> so now we have a 20 year old fridge it looks like a, a new fridge um, and we got a washing machine and pots and pans and we had a team of 10 Australians who all needed uh, futons who are like that's like um, thin mattresses in Japan and sheets and pillows there was enough for the for the whole team uh, there was pots pots and plates and cups and and for the whole team like for our family and for 10 others like it was this incredible miracle and I've been here 20 years now I've never heard an offer like that again isn't that amazing mm. um, so you've just got if we go through the the pain of of arriving and not having much and then the testimonies that we have that you can't take away from us. We just know God has supplied all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus as it says in Philippians 4.19. I believe it. <laughs> mm. And yeah. so, I mean, obviously the, the church grew and I, I know that first year was really tough and um, then other nations kind of came into mm. the equation at some point. Tell us a little bit about mm. that part of the Lifehouse sure. journey. Well, we, f- we felt at first it was only Japan. We were to give our lives to Japan, and, and that is true. But the addition of other nations happened in 2008, I think it was, and um, we were having our, 
family holiday in in Spain, and um, just just driving around, and uh, we were, I was in a coffee shop one morning about seven a.m. doing my journaling, I opened, opening my Bible, Lord speak to me, and whatever it was, it was about nations, and um, but but the Lord's voice said to me as, as equally strongly as coming to Japan, He said, "I've called you to reach." A so-called difficult country for the gospel. Would you be open to starting in other nations that need the gospel? It was just clear as day, clear as I'm, I'm sitting here now. Now I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but it was just resonating in yeah. my heart. And I said, "Of course, Lord. If you, if you're in it, I'm in it." And it was one month later that I, a good friend of mine rang me from Australia saying we have a small church in Hong Kong. It was a month later. Um, and uh, they need leadership. Would we feel to give it to you? Would you go there and meet the team? And I said, sure. And we met the team, and that's where we met David and Kat and Janice and others. Amazing. Um, we met them, and um, was Janice there at the first? I, I think. I think she yeah, was. Yeah, she was. Which is my wife, by the way, to anyone listening. <laughs> that's why I said that that way, Janice. That's why I said it. It's Richard's eyes opened up, <laughs> and. And here are the people that we're doing life with these, I don't know, 12 years later, is it? 14 mm-hmm. years later. And um, amazing. We, we went there and we were offered this church and we took it and it's become a great church. Some struggles. Yes. Similar story. And then Richard arrived there without money. That, hey, that sounds like a similar story. And, uh, <laughs> but with a dream, with a word from God. Mm-hmm. And now it's a dynamic, powerful uh, you know, incredible church in Hong Kong. We love it. We love what you're doing there. But that 2008, God said, would you do it again? And and from there, we also very soon after we had a, something happen in Bali as well. Um, I mm-hmm. think a couple of years later. I don't know what year that was. Oh, yes, I do. It was 2011 because I just had their anniversary. What was that? 2000? Anyway. Well, maybe 2010 because I left, mm. I left after, uh, a week after mm. the earthquake. Yeah, that was 2011. And I was involved with it. Right. In 2000, so the year before that. So it must have been 2010. Okay. So that was Bali, was our our, our next overseas. And that, again, uh, was a very hard start. No money. Mm -hmm. Why does it have to be like that, Lord? Um, (laughs) um, But it's turned into an absolutely beautiful church in Bali, soul winning with lots and lots of young people and uh, great leadership. And uh, we love our Bali church. So from God to speaking and saying, would you do it? Um, and that, yeah. So now we have other nations as well. So seven, was it seven years before you, was it either you started Osaka or, because Osaka yeah. was first. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo, then Osaka in 2008. And, and Osaka and Hong Kong were very similar timing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it wasn't meant to be that way, but that's when we were offered this church in Hong Kong at the mm. same time. Yeah. So that's another really big part of the story is is really, you know, going beyond Tokyo. Yeah. Um, can you talk me through that? Because I remember I was part of Tokyo Church at the time. And yeah. when we talked about Osaka, I was just genuinely confused. I, w- I had never been part of a church that planted other churches and I was like, what? How? Yeah. how what, is Pastor well, Rod leaving? <laughs> right. Um, well, well we, we always loved Osaka. From the moment we, we came to Tokyo, we, we, we knew that we had to do Osaka. It, it, was, it was not another decision. It was right. a, 
it was something in our heart. And so we just needed the right people. We needed the right team. We needed some financial backing, which back then was really mainly from Australia and was quite difficult. Um, it, it was just a very difficult thing to think about church planting, but we did get mm. those things together and we launched. And um, with a team from Australia, another 10 young Australians or maybe eight, I'm not sure, same same thing and it was just raw and it was tough on the streets and that's the way we church plant we just do it we just go and meet people we really do not want to see people from other churches coming although god gives us gifts from other churches so we just don't seek it um and uh so yeah we just started again so we planted osaka and then we realized that um there are very few other churches planted in the six years we we're in japan from 2002 to 2008 Right. We thought there was going to be like a gold rush of church planting when we came, like God's calling us a wave and there's going to be tens and hundreds of other churches. Cause, but it didn't happen. There just wasn't many church plants. And so as you go around Japan to cities of 5 million, 3 million, and, and you don't know any life-giving church there, I'm sure there are churches there, but they're very small in, in houses. Um, nothing wrong with that, but... We were trying to reach the youth, um, and you just just the burden to think, wow, they need, they need churches here. So we just had a vision for other cities like Sapporo, Yokohama, uh, Fukuoka, etc. So we we thought, how can we do this from the from the biggest number of people down? So um, we didn't actually follow that plan completely, but we we wanted the big cities. Mm. Um, and and let me say right now, um, this this country of Japan is still the second most unreached people group in the world. Number one is Bangladesh. Number two is Japan. And we need more people in Japan. We need more people in Hong Kong or wherever. But Japan is open to the gospel, Mm. but people are not coming. I don't get it. I actually don't get it, Richard. It really is a strange thing. But as a result, we thought, well, we better plant more churches and train more leaders. And I wish we had another 100. We don't. We've currently got Mm. 13 campuses in Japan and I wish we had a hundred we just can't keep developing more and more leaders quickly um, and then when we started it was with a lot of Australians or New Zealanders or, or, or um, those pastors who are great I mean we are both Australians mm-hmm. but now 20 years later a lot of our pastors are Japanese so we had to build that foundation to, to be coaches before yep. we could church plant and then We've got Japanese ministries developing everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing to see this story because I was I was there in Tokyo when we just had Tokyo and we talked about changing Japan and seeing God move in Japan and um, it's it's amazing to to, to see that just the spread of people and mm-hmm. for me, like I, I was saying before, like I as a young person, I'd never experienced being part of church planting. Or anything sure. like this like so what yeah. i mean obviously there's different schools of thought with with uh building churches and all that kind of thing so what why didn't you keep all your best leaders in tokyo why didn't you go for that approach i mean the it need, seems obvious now yeah because <laughs> the, the need is so great yeah i just how can you keep everything to yourself jesus said that he said when you find a pearl of great price you don't go and hide it and I, I just think we had to spread the gospel to through different cities of Japan. Mm-hmm. 
if there'd been hundreds of other churches around and a lot of things happening and I mean church plants and people coming, we might have stayed more in one venue thinking, well, that city's done by them and that city's done by them and I would have been happy with that. But it just wasn't happening. Mm. It just wasn't happening. And I, th- I think we've got to be strategic. And in the New Testament, you do read about an area around the city called Ephesus that Paul planted. And um, later on in, in one of the books there, it says that the gospel was spread in the whole in the whole region around Ephesus. But it started with the key city of Ephesus and then to other cities. So I just think strategically, we have to choose bigger cities and then work outwards strategically. But if, if God's moving in Tokyo uh, amongst an emerging you know, group of Christians, most of those Christians are not going to be moving to the other cities. It, right. it just doesn't happen in Japan. Um, you're not going to get this natural flow of, oh, let's go plant there now because we've now got 20 people there. It, it's not happening. Um, well, they're moving to Tokyo, right? They're moving other to parts Tokyo, of Japan. yeah, yeah. Or, or, or to overseas. And um, mm. so if there's no natural flow to church plant, we actually have to create a team and develop a, a plan for those cities and then go to the streets and meet people. And a good example of that's with our great friend Lewis, who started in Hiroshima, Lewis and Ayami. They were our youth pastors in Tokyo, amazing job. We call, felt called to Hiroshima. And we were all wondering how's that going to go, uh, in the sense of you know great leader, amazing to just to go with about I think out of five people on the team, to just to go out there for a city where we don't know any Christians, a city of one and a half million people, and we don't know any Christians there, and it was really hard, and we realised that just because we've got a church in Tokyo that's doing well does not mean it's going to be a natural flow to other cities. You've actually got to put in the hard yards. Mm. We did discover that. And I've said that to everyone. If you go there, you've got to have the faith for that city because we just can't keep sending reinforcements there. People aren't going to move there. Um, mm. You've got to win people from scratch at universities, on the streets, in coffee shops, whatever it is. So with the need so great in Japan, we need we need 100 new churches planted today and every day. Um, you know, 125 million people who don't know the gospel here in Japan. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's huge. Um, so even though we've got some good churches, we're still a drop in the bucket in in terms of the whole population. So why wouldn't we church plant? So the answer to your question is the need. Just had we have to mm-hmm. start in other cities as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, obviously I believe in it. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I, I got yeah. to be in Tokyo and then come here and be sent out. And it's, yeah, big believer in it. So that's great. It's awesome. Yeah, man. So glad you did. Yeah, me too. Can I ask for the 20 years, have there been, would you define seasons in any way? Like, has that been split up? Like, some people talk about the first seven years were kind of like this, or do you, do you, do you have it in your mind like that? Or is it just been 20 years of building and God doing great things? Or, no, like, I, I, I definitely break it into seasons. Right. I would say I would say that's my answer. Definitely seasons, and and part of the reason for the seasons is you need to build foundations. Mm. And when we first came here, we didn't have um, young Japanese leaders. Mm. Had to build them from from the beginning. So every every seven years or ten years now, if you want to think about it, have been very different. Um, but the same vision, 
the same word, God's going to move in a wave, the same heart, and a lot of the same strategies, which we actually got right at the beginning, you know, teaching people how to read the Bible, journal, go and reach people on the streets, have fun, um, be, be a movement with character and, 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 and godly values and laugh together and cry together and pray together. And um, all the values are the same. The vision's the same. The strategy's the same. It's just different levels and seasons. And so a lot of people starting out now in Japan, uh, we're helping some Singaporean churches um, start in, in Japan. And they're really great people. We love them. But we watch them starting from the beginning. And uh, um, I'm not laughing because I'm laughing at them. I'm just saying, well, it was really hard. And we're watching them yeah. go through that stage. So our word for them is don't give up. Please don't give up. And they're not. Um, they're not going to give up. But it, it's like, don't give up. Come on. We, others can break through too. Um, so definitely seasons. Um I think because we broke through in some areas, we've got some strategies to give to people who want them, like that church and other churches who come to us for aid. We'll give them all our resources, our Bible studies, our best advice. Um, But they've got to go through the hard yards. It's just not natural to think one church did it, they're all going to do it. And I don't mean we're better. I just mean we've been doing this for 20 years and we've, we've got a lot to share and a lot to help with other people i remember um i hearing you say many years ago that there was a kind of a a, an inflection point when the japanese started becoming leaders yeah in tokyo correct was that was that kind of like a i don't know was that a a season change or Mm, when when you got local leadership absolutely when the local new believers became the leaders when the new believers became the leaders it was an inflection point without question, absolutely and completely because we came here to be the coaches. If we, a church here that's just winning foreigners will do well, but every few years those foreigners change. So we had to win people who were here long-term, Japanese, and there was just no foundation. All the Japanese coming in, none of them had a Christian in their family or their school or their university. Uh, and so that's a really hard moment. But then when you start getting them to be the leaders and, and the Japanese lead the new believers, they, they're, they're, in, they're preaching in Japanese, they're teaching in Japanese, the, the answer to questions become faster, quicker, more. We've, we've talked on this podcast before about contextualization, which means what does the, the gospel mean in, in this Japanese part? That, that all became fluid, organic, real, and that that became faster discipleship everywhere as well as them being able to um, have the strength to you know do evangelism as well without us um, yeah definitely inflection point and I would say we've got to get there in every culture a local yeah. church that has a future and also when we got to that point or a bit after where we had more leaders although Viv and I never wanted to leave Japan, we did say if ever we had to leave, the church would remain. The church is now planted. It's a really good point to get to. Mm. Um, and even now, we're like the coaches of the whole thing. We, we, you know, we, we've got leaders everywhere. Uh, if, if we had to leave, we could leave. We, that's not mm. in our heart. But the church is planted and it's growing and it's, that's the most exciting thing is legacy, leaving behind mm. something that's going to last. 
Mm, yeah, safety for the, the church and its future. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, we could talk forever on this, but I want to finish <laughs> on future. Yeah. What are you seeing moving forwards at this 20-year point? Uh, Viv and I are coaches, and one of my leaders the other day said to me this statement. He's, he's one of the Japanese guys, I think, said, um, Pastor Rod and Viv, you are the coaches, but we are the captains. We play on the field. We develop the teams. And I just thought that was a really good analogy of our place mm-hmm. right now is to coach, to coach leaders in Japan and other nations. Uh, we can't do a, a lot, but we can do some things. But I believe that we've got the captains in place to develop the players, and then some of those players will become captains, of course. So it goes on and on and on. So I think the future is multiplication. Whereas before we started with just Viv and I, and now we've got a team now, next 20 years, that could be times 10 in terms of leadership. I don't know if I, in terms of numbers, but in terms of leadership, which could be numbers. But mm-hmm. I, I, think the, I think the goal of, of Christian ministry is, is to equip the saints. It says that in Ephesians chapter 4, God gave five ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, to develop people for works of service or equip people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. So I just think 20 years, more, more leaders, more preparation, more equipping, stronger in every area, people leading in every area of life, including um, ministry, business, um, education, media, bringing leaders into the field to, to be coaches everywhere. So a church full of coaches and captains and then people coming in fresh as well all the time. Sounds amazing. I want to be part of it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Great. Cool. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for your time, Pastor Rod. Thanks everyone for listening. Obviously, uh, we're excited about the future and believing for God's blessing on you and whatever church you're a part of as well. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.